Podcast for Hellboy. We haven't gone back in time. This is 2016. No, 20. What year? 2018. Hellboy. My name is Tom Chick. No, not any, my, oh, 2019. Jeez, a we have to. We went back in time twice. Uh, well, in case you guys haven't figured this out by now, I'm Tom Chick, and I'm here with Christian Makrowski. I'd like to be known as Crawfish Morosky. And with a Hellboy tagline for the 2019 version, Kelly Wand. Finally a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Wand, keep him coming. Isn't he technically a hell man? Thank you. I love that one. Yes. Good. No, it's... he does. The, he ages backwards. He ages like <sighs> a dog ages, but backwards. It's like calling like the pig guy. No, it's these comic book names. Move when you make a movie, just ignore the when when they kept calling him Hellboy. That's so dumb. It's like calling Michael B. Jordan Killmonger in Black Panther, or or Michael Keaton Vulture in Homecoming. They just don't do it. They ignore. We're just using Matter Eater Lad's real name. <laughs> do you really want him to be? Do you want, really want this movie to be called Anyang Uncama? I don't know what you're saying, but I just want them to call him by. Doesn't he have a first? Doesn't someone call him like? Bill or something like that. It's, it's, he's got a name. Actually, Anyang on, on Rama. What's it's, happened to Dingus? I don't know. We'll <laughs> figure that out later. But Kelly Wand, are there other taglines for Hellboy? Finally, kids in a movie as they should be. <laughs> wow. Oh, Kelly Wand, super inappropriate. I, I shouldn't. No, that's not Dude. funny at all. Terrible. <laughs> talk. I feel like, you know. Is there a fourth Hellboy tagline no. or are we stopping at three? Okay, then Dingus, tell the listeners, and maybe you can get the year correct, what did we see this week? Uh, this week we saw Hellboy, a 2018-2019 American action-adventure fantasy supernatural superhero reboot movie. It was directed by Neil Marshall hmm. and written by Andrew Cosby based on the Dark Horse comic of the same name created by uh, somebody whose last name is Mignola. Mike, Jesus. That's the hard part for you? <laughs> it's, it's, it's directed by Alice... It was written by Alice Walters. Okay. Uh, Why are you saying it like that? <laughs> it stars David Harbour, uh, Mila Jovovich, Ian McShane... Brian Gleason, Thomas Hayden Church, Sophie Ocanedo, and Sasha Lane. Mm. Now, Hellman is rated R. What? For, Come on, Dingus. Yeah. It's a comic book movie. Why would it be rated R? Well, let me tell you why. Okay. For strong, bloody violence. Okay. And why gore, is it getting British? And gore throughout. And language. Kelly Wan, do you feel that you can offer your services to any parents out there who might be wondering, are there other things they should know if they're considering taking their children to see Hellboy? There's some shots at hell <laughs> and uh, swastika and some sunglasses and uh, improper use of a deer's head. 
to wear the hat, do I? <laughs> yeah. It's weird that you would even think to do that. But... Uh, Hel- oh, and Cod Swallopy. <laughs> Hellboy did not f- fare well at the box office. It opened at number three with $12 million. It was beat by Shazam and a movie I didn't... <laughs> I'd never even heard of called Little, uh, which is yeah. basically a, a, it's big with a, a cast of black women, which uh, I. <laughs> with I, and that's the title. That's the spin on the title. They went with Little. Yeah, I didn't know it existed, and I was like, "What? What is it that Hell, Hellboy couldn't even beat something I never heard of? I didn't know if it was one of those Christian movies or something." But uh, so Hellboy only made twelve million, fell way below expectations. Uh, it didn't it's do no well. Breakthrough. Didn't do well critically either. On Rotten Tomatoes, it's at 15% positive reviews. Hmm. Uh, Metacritic's average rating from various reviews is 31. And check this out. Cinema score? C. Wow. Ouch. Uh, yeah. When you've lost idiots. Yeah, Kiernan, exactly. Kiernan really hated Shazam, by the way. Yeah, good for him. I support Kiernan. He, he related, basically on our way home today, he told me the entire movie. He's like, you're not going to want to watch this, are you? And I went, no. And he basically, yeah, you're really not. He basically did the oral tradition of telling me the entire movie and just laughing through uh, his telling of it. it Speaking was like of oral traditions yeah. of telling us entire movies, Kelly Wand, why don't you tell us the entirety of Hellboy in your own words? All right. What would I call such a thing? You would call it the Hellboypsis. Yeah, no way. How can you get that one of all of them? <laughs> I guess because it's easy. I shouldn't be that excited for you. I'm like a stage mom, Tom. Sorry, I'm sorry. What'd you say? Hellboypsis. <laughs> Warning, I gave up trying to find a decent Ian McShane voice. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't get it. Can't figure it out. It's raspy and... Oh, God. I'll do what I can. I just wrote around him. <laughs> Some words and a couple letters are all. 574 A.D. McShades all. Uh, it's 574 A.D. This happened. Instead of the King Arthur stuff you've read in books or saw Transformers the last night. The Witch Nimuru... <laughs> Sort of, uh, Morgan the Fae's Aquaman gave everyone in England the Black Plague in order to somehow give the CG fairy folk independence. <laughs> Arthur and Merlin met her by this magic tree here to surrender to her. <laughs> okay, King Arthur, I accept your surrender. Why? As they put Miller's head in a box, she's all, Damn, my powerful magic is useless against the brilliant false surrender gambit. I hope this is the last time in the movies that I fall for that. <laughs> Damn you, King Arthur, this isn't over yet. I'll be back later and much smarter about anticipating how the tax from the enemy standing near me. <laughs> she's still wow. going. When... I know. She's chatty. She's still going when Merlin shuts the box lid and goes, Hukuldi dine, maketh this box unopenable unless a man of God wants to. Ha! They'll need a pig man and an R rating to get around that spell. <laughs> Galahad! Idiot. Here, fool. Bury the rest of these boxes off screen right next to each other. 
for 1,500 years, nothing happens. (laughs) (laughs) It's that kind of magic. Then a pig bed somehow learns off screen that all that happened. (laughs) But first Hellboy goes to Tijuana to tell his ethnic friend Carlos to stop wrestling and come to work. Last seen having lunch with vampires. Classic Carlos. Damn, I forgot which hand to tap my cell phone button with again. Inside a wrestling arena, the announcer, who I guess somehow knows what Carlos wants, is suddenly all, Ladies and gentlemen, forget our regularly scheduled matchups that you paid to see here. Our Hellboy's here. (laughs) He had to write it quickly. To fight Carlos, the late for workable. The crowd's all, Carlos, Carlos, but in Spanish. Hellboy's all, dude, come to work. You're going to get written up. No, wrestle me. All right. They wrestle for a while while rock music plays, and there are shots of crowd extras screaming arbitrarily and facing different directions. (laughs) Suddenly, Carlos is all, by the way, I say, and turns into a giant rat or bat. (laughs) (laughs) That's what was in the script. No, Carlos. Audience, I know you don't know him, but trust me, this is tragic. Hellboy tricks Carlos by the wrestling ring's corners being made out of non-sharp wood. (laughs) No, Carlos, again. When we were fighting to the death just now, I had no idea it could end like this. Hellboy finishes watching the subsequent wrestling matches, then goes to a bar and watches a scorpion sting him. (laughs) Easily piercing his arm skin. Gosling nudges me knowingly. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly a couple extras in suits walk on screen and go, Hellboy, come to work. Fuck you, I'll kill you. Carlos is dead because you wouldn't pay him to wrestle instead. Oh boy, Carlos was awesome, but none of this is even related to the plot of the movie. Later. In a dumb small office, Ian McShane's all. Hell boy, good work in Tijuana. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The Mexican government is very pleased. By the way, I'm your adopted father in this. Oh, man, I don't think it's good. I just want everyone to know. I'm not bragging about it. I'm ashamed. Hellboy sighs with annoyance. Hellboy, my old college fraternity in England has a giant problem. I guess we work for England now. Go there. Also, the name of our organization that we work for in this is called the PKFD. Paranormal Destroy Benevolence. <laughs> Hellboy sighs with annoyance. A word's all England. Beside me, George Washington's all boo. <laughs> oh, boy. Later at Buckingham Palace. Ah, Hellboy. Once we mount horses, I will be wearing these deer antlers on my head to frighten the giants. Here, I'd like you to meet my black grandmother, who happens to be blind yet gifted in the art of exposition. Once upon a time... <laughs> oh, oh, God. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> Damn, black females all sound the same to me. It's not racist. Nazis wearing three 
3D glasses with swastikas on them at Stonehenge with automatic weapons were tricked by Thomas Abel Church wearing flight goggles and a pistol. Although since he's a ghost later in this wearing the same suit, I guess he died. (laughs) I think it's cute. Angus is offended. We watch a little flashback of Thomas Hayden Church annoying Nazis. <laughs> Church is all, I'm never aware. Also, widow, your wife sees this symbol branded into your forehead. A Nazi screams while rock music plays, and Thomas Hayden Church uses a toaster oven mitt to brand the guy's face with the sigil of a leaf or a sun or a grape. Maybe... Hellboy sulks. My dad never told me I have red skin. Hellboy and the British people ride horses near some woods while the one who says dialogue wears antlers on his head. Johnny Johnny Depp's Tonto looks over at me. (laughs) And goes, that character look keep him ridiculous. Um... Uh, Washington and Depp, America, the story of America I'm sitting next to. After they all stop their horses for no reason near some plants, Hellboy's all, Hey, this would be a cool place to ambush me. I quite agree. Someone stabs Hellboy's soft skin with a spear. Then they all stab him and taser him, but for some reason leave him alive and walk off screen and get killed by giants. <laughs> Who for some reason don't notice Hellboy. Hellboy farts awake and kills the giants while rock music plays. This is for the deer antlers guy. <laughs> Afterwards. He has divided loyalties. That's his arc. Afterwards, he loses interest, so a black girl named Alice shows up on foot and somehow gets his unconscious form from the woods, adjoining this remote castle all the way to her Soho apartment. On her couch, Hellboy farts awake. Golden what? Something, something, Jabberwocky. Alice something? Been a while, Hellboy. Thanks for saving me life from the pig fairies when I was a baby. You and me are good friends. By the way, I have a shotgun under this table pointed at you ghoulies. Go ahead, fuck you. JK, I like you. Although me mom's ghost was just telling me you're going to bring about the apocalypse, but I don't care. By the way, let's get under the table with me a red herring shotgun. <laughs> Glass probably hurts your soft skin. the chain, Jim from Lost. Jim from Lost, not Jim from The Office. Uh, Ian McShane, Jim from Lost, and a bunch of extras smash through the windows and shoot all the furniture. Jim's all, I'm British in this. enter a black girl's room normally by the way she works for us now and has to accompany me everywhere uh wearing this helmet hellboy the black girl and Jen go to deer antlers castle and find everybody dead inside they find a pentagram with the comical old black doppelganger lady lying dead on it with a bored expression alice is on wait i'm black she touches the old lady then vomits out a new old lady <laughs> There's a 
guy standing behind you. Jesus. Dingus, is it really worse? Hellboy fights the pig guy until nothing happens. Later, somewhere... By the way, all of this happened, although I wasn't present for most of it. A numbers all, 1993. A black mom's all. That's not my baby. This one smells less like ham. Hellboy imitates a couple... I'm sorry, irritates. My apologies. Hellboy irritates a couple's baby with a horseshoe, so it turns into a pig and goes into the chimney. That night, another pig baby is left on the porch. I was one of those pig babies. Thank you, Hellboy. I hate those fairies for giving me awesome superpowers. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jen walks into a gun shop. I'd like a magic bullet to kill Hellboy. The guy's all, try this blue one. Meanwhile, back at PKDEFDHQ, McShane's all, hey, let's all read old books. Might be some more exposition in them. And then... Uh, <laughs> next scene in the movie and then fuck you dad you made me an awesome super weapon asshole he storms off solid parenting hellboy gets to do an elevator and accidentally takes it to some woods where a russian witch with spinal issues lives in a walking chicken house <laughs> some child's hands stew. Oops, sorry, I spilled it on the floor. <laughs> You're welcome, dead child. I will tell you more exposition in exchange for one of your eyes. Although I should probably want your spine. I guess I only have one eye. Too bad the three-by-three three was last week, huh? <laughs> Did you accept it? Dump some info on me. The next scene location's name is Something Hill. Okay, thanks, bye. Wait, you owe me your eye. We just talked about it on the screen for a long time. <laughs> ah, you didn't say when, so I never have to give it to you. <laughs> Never's not the time. Ah, you've just been hellboyed. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Yaga's chicken house stamps around angrily clucking and eating chicken feed while rock music plays. Naked Arnold leans over to me and goes, In the classic spiritual thriller, End of Days, I fought the devil, Gabriel Byrne, by making the witty remarks about how the temperatures work and punching him in the face with the rocket launcher blessed by the Italian priest character <laughs> and kissed by the nun with the big armpits in accordance with the Book of Revelations. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Hellboy falls onto McShane's desk and goes, Some Russian CG told me we have to kill Mila Jovovich by midnight or the world ends. Or maybe just London. McShane's all. Okay. For this most critical of battles, McShane's competent world-spanning government organization attacks Mila Jovovich and Sheep Fairy Army by having Hellboy, Jen, and Alice take a helicopter to the base of a hill by themselves and then run up it on foot. Jen, tell me how you got your scars. It's not like I'm psychic. <laughs> this happened. There's a shot of soldiers in the jungle screaming at trees. 
I was the only survivor. That doesn't really answer my question. <laughs> You'll find out more later. That also won't. Midway up the hill. Oh, hurry up. We only have five minutes or millions of people will die. Let's take a rest break. Me Nick is a knackered. I didn't come on this mission because I thought I could climb uphill quickly. However, me psychic abilities detect nothing about to attack us. Suddenly, a zombie hand bursts from the ground and attacks her. She screams in surprise. <laughs> Some more zombies walk on screen and yawn at us. Guys, look! Being kidnapped by fairies taught me how to turn zombies into CG by punching them. Jinzal, I should probably turn into a jaguar for this sequence and end this pointless fight quickly, but he shoots at some leaves. Hellboy, go by yourself up the hill. We'll die here while the zombies hold us off. This is for Carlos and the deer antlers guy. And the black grandma doppelganger. He runs uphill, farting tenaciously. Meanwhile, at the hilltop, two blonde women we've never seen before in gowns are all Mila, we're related to you. <laughs> She's all shut up and casts a spinal injury spell on him. <laughs> Although I guess Baba Yaga's spinal ones were hereditary <laughs> and unrelated. A bunch of fairy CG shows up and does nothing. Hellboy chugs on screen. Hellboy, I think we should get married and cause apocalypse. He takes out his gun and shoots half her face off. Then watches patiently as it fixes itself. Alice chugs on screen. Don't worry, Hellboy. Me character's here. Mila plucks the thorn off a hat of brambles she's wearing and flicks it at Alice's neck. Alice is all, <gasps> and loses interest. Once again, her psychic abilities fail her. While Hellboy, she can duck glass. Anyway. While Hellboy and the fairy CG watch patiently, Mila makes a magic portal, then walks through it along with the pig guy. I don't know what happens to the rest of the army. The pig guy's all, Oh, you've just been pig guide. <laughs> Hellboy starts to pull the thorn out of Alice's neck, but Jin's all, Stop, that might help her. <laughs> McShade at his office is all, Damn it, Hellboy! And hangs up angrily on someone. Hellboy stomps over to the spinal witch and shakes one of them and goes, Where's my next scene with Millicent? <laughs> the third blonde witch is all, So something Merlin Cave. Some words are all something Merlin Cave while rock music plays. Hellboy, tis I, Merlin, the devil's son, although curiously that's not pertinent in this. Hey, who the fuck's Ivanhoe? Oh, behold, the sword Excalibur. Take it and prevent Miller from destroying the world. Although your taking it will also destroy the world. By the way, you have only three seconds to decide. Also, your mother's friend was King Arthur. Hellboy pictures himself riding a dragon through hell while people yell at him. Ugh, that's not more interesting than this. No, thanks, Merlin. I'll take my chances beating Miller by doing something dumb and easy. Idiot, I used all my magic to make that sword, CG. He crumbles <laughs> to dust. <sighs> Heroic. While Hellboy is in a cave accomplishing nothing, Mella effortlessly kills McShane and everyone in the entire agency off screen. Ian, no. <laughs> <laughs> and in British CG news, giant plant demons. 
They're attacking London and Ian McShane. Hard R. Here's one stabbing people with its feet, uh, converting their bodies into knee socks. Is it summer already? This is a vagina mouth from The Mist. And here's Treebeard from Lord of the Rings uh, tripping over London Bridge. Watch and learn, Tolkien. Speaking for everyone here in the studio, except for my hairdresser, Kenny, we can't wait to see Hellboy fight these titanic, unstoppable beings on screen. <laughs> Way to set something up. That's going to be awesome. Third act. <laughs> As London falls, beside me, Gerard yawns. <laughs> Instead of fighting the demons, Hellboy goes to Buckingham Palace Church, where uh, Mila Jovovich is doing nothing. Hellboy, I think we should get married again. But first, the pig guy starts attacking Hellboy, so Jin turns into a cat. <laughs> they fight the pig guy inconclusively. Then Mila's all, and snaps her fingers. The pig guy shrinks into a baby, and then some blood. Wait, what? <laughs> She casts a break floor glass spell. Hellboy falls into a basement with King Arthur's skeleton sitting in a chair at it, staring at Excalibur. Hellboy picks up Excalibur. His horns grow big. Arthur's skeleton falls asleep. Hellboy accidentally sets fire to it with the sword. Suddenly, Alice is all, Hellboy, wait. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, Alice. <clears throat> Hellboy, wait. <laughs> She goes over to Ian McShane's corpse. I forgot there's two female characters in this movie. She goes over to Ian McShane's corpse, which is there, by the way, and touches his crotch. She pukes up a naked Ian McShane. Hellboy, I love you. Hellboy scowls and chops off Villa's head while rock music plays. This makes all the demons lose interest in ruining England. <laughs> you haven't heard the last of them, you... Hellboy throws her head into a ravine with lava in it. It's next to his foot. The mayor of London walks through the ruins of the Hellboy. The British government thanks you. A spinning newspaper's all. Hellboy saves millions slaughtered in London. Also, King Arthur's depressed skeleton found. Another spinning newspaper's all. Six months later, on some underground stairs... Good thing that vomiting all those exposition ghosts has given me the power to still punch people. By the way, I now have this. She shows us some silver brass knuckles on her pinky. It has a symbol on it, a circle with a straight line through it. Beside me, Selma Blair sighs. Hellboy walks up next to Alice and says nothing. Jen walks up. I guess I didn't have a partner before the three of us met, and that our organization has been restaffed with people who are alive. Now... Who are we about to fight for some reason? Besides all the evil Atlantis Corporation fish cannery, they go into a room and shoot a bunch of confused factory workers while rock music plays. Finally, they walk up to a random tank of water. Hey, what's in here? A shape of water guy's head irritably flaps the glass. 
Some words to tell me which team of animators traced Perlman's jaw off of 2008 art assets. Oh! <laughs> Hellboy sits at a cemetery getting drunk next to Hitler's grave. Ugh, maybe I should have married Miller. Suddenly Thomas Hayden Church walks up in his flight goggles. Guy briefly in one scene, Lobster Johnson. I came here to show you my joy buzzer. There. And also to tell you that there will be a sequel to this, as long as this scene right now is interesting enough. He walks off, but slightly through Hellboy. Hellboy looks like it made him hard. Beside me, the Easter Bunny sighs with disappointment. As more words say, which animators traced Perlman's other jaw? Then Baba Yaga stares at us. Fell character off screen. Will you help me something, Hellboy's eye? Something? Then I'll let you die. I bet the audience won't want to see that once they meet you. Off screen, a sinister voice is all. Classic Baba Yaga. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Kelly Wand. Very nice. I tried. I tried. I like how you gave Mila Jovovich a much more interesting accent. You know, she's from somewhere else. She is, yeah. If you can tell by the name. I'll just do German, and that's just assume the rest of the world knows (laughs) what I mean. All right, Dingus, you go first. What did you think of Hellboy? What's a movie that's better than this and a movie that's not quite as good? All right, I would put Blade over this. Um, I really didn't like this movie at all. Uh, I found it to be... I don't usually say this about movies because I... This doesn't usually happen to me in movies, but I found it to be unbelievably boring for a movie that ha- that supposedly has so much action and horror, but it's really just gore. Uh, it, it just doesn't. It was it bored me? The, this movie bored me. So uh, Blade, I, I like Blade. I liked Blade enough, so I'll put Blade over this, and then I'll put Event Horizon under it. Uh, mainly because uh, I really hated the weird sci-fi horror of Event Horizon, and uh, and also we got a picture of a black hole recently. And also, Dingus, that was Mila Jovovich's uh, husband. Yeah. yeah. Kelly Wand, what's a movie that that's seduction? That's better than this. <laughs> a movie that's better than this. A movie that's not quite as good. And what do you think? Uh, I liked the gore. Um... But there's a lot of non-gore that is boring, and it's a really atrocious writing. And there's lots of exposition. It's so fucking talky. Um, and there's a lot of jokes in it, but they're not. I mean, I saw this with my mom, and she's an easy laugh, and she was all, hmm. So. Yeah, I was. I'm with your mom. I was. Mm. Yeah, and I could hear. It's like they. There's like pauses after he says lines. There were. Just, there was no laughter in my. Theater. No. There weren't many people in my theater, but none of them were laughing. And one of them was walking out a lot and coming back, but like with his shoulders slumped, like something else just disappointed him. I guess my over is Thor Ragnarok, but I don't know. You love Thor Ragnarok. All right. I know. It's too much of an over. So it's not quite as good as Thor Ragnarok. What's it better than? End of Days. It's definitely (laughs) better than End of Days Um, because there's more gore in it. Um, and my, the gore was good. And I'm, I'm getting. It's like the reviews are like kind of going. Hey, it's so gory. Like that's one thing they didn't like about it. And I was like, that's it's R rated. I don't know. Anyway. Okay. Sorry. Uh, my over and under are because uh, I, I really like this. Uh, dark comedic fantasy movies. 
Um, and my under is uh, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunter, which I don't think successfully did what this movie does. Uh, I, I don't even remember a lot about that. I remember it being like supposed to be like comedic, but also dark and R-rated, and Come on, have a bunch of fantasy. Jim Arden and I remember, and Jeremy Renner, but I just don't remember a lot of specifics about it. I remember it was like a shootout with witches. It was, it was, that, it was that, it was that dead snow guy, Tommy Wakola. So it was spirited, but it just didn't make much of an impression on me. This did make an impression on me, so I would put this underneath another movie, and these are all movies, by the way, that I think people generally hate. Uh, this movie flopped hugely, but I adore this movie, and I actually will go to bat for my over as being a quality movie on many, many levels that I feel a lot of people don't appreciate, uh, mainly because of a trifecta of the director, the production design, and Jeff Bridges, and that's a movie called Seventh Son, um, which I oh, think yeah. I think Seventh Son is this kind of movie, just this crazy – Seventh Son isn't R-rated, but it's definitely not playing to kids – uh, but it's this crazy adult dark fantasy that knows that it's ridiculous uh, and is playing it as a comedy. So this isn't quite as good as Seventh Son, um, but I, I liked it a lot. Um, and I think part of it was because Neil Marshall went completely off the rails with Doomsday. Doomsday makes no sense to me. I have no idea what he thought he was doing, uh, except other than a half dozen things that didn't fit together. This clearly, I feel, gave him focus, but let him do a bunch of his R-rated horror stuff. So I was a little surprised that this felt like a good fit for the kind of stuff that Neil Marshall wants to do, I think. And that was part of why it worked for me. So I loved the gore and the R-ratedness of it. Yeah. Seventh Son is a good choice. Seventh Son, I just feel I, there's so I many... Actually, I really like that movie. It's just from from the villain with Julianne Moore, and it's got the super hot Angie Trow in it. And unfortunately, you know, the, the young leads in it are, are Alicia Vikander and a guy named Ben Barnes, and they do nothing <laughs> for me. Yeah, exactly. But there's just crazy CG, and there's Jimin Hansu, and there's and there's cool... Just, the, a guy named John Dykstra did the, the special effects for Seventh Son. He's the Star oh. Wars guy. Yeah. Wow. It, it was shot by uh, Brian Singer's cinematographer, Thomas Siegel, uh, Thomas Newton, Newton Siegel, whatever. The guy who did all of Brian Singer's movies. They got a quality cinematographer. Uh, the the Russian director. He was like a he was a serious art house director in Russia. Um, and it just, you know, it, I don't think it was promoted well. It got shelved for the longest time. But I'm a huge fan of Seventh Son, and I think Seventh Son is a really smart script, too. And it really benefits from Jeff Bridges just sort of careening through it, not giving a fuck. Like, Jeff Bridges just, right. it makes, he sells that movie, because the movie takes certain things seriously, even though it knows they're goofy, and it just lets... Jeff Bridges be dismissive and, and funny about everything. How's uh, the dialogue? He's, stuff, he's so. kind of doing his Rooster Cogburn. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, uh, the dialogue isn't medieval. Sense. It's it's not super yeah. memorable. Uh, the, the the benefit of the script in Seventh Son is just how the the plot and the relationships among, relationships among the villain. Uh, and the heroes unfold. Like, right early on, you know what Seventh Son is doing when it introduces, as Jeff Bridges' sidekick, Kit Harrington. Hey, we love this guy. He's famous from Game of Thrones. All right, he's going to be in this movie. But nope, he dies in the first scene. Like, that's the kind of thing that Seventh Son plays with and does. Um, I remember liking those visuals. Well, who's the Although, woman? 
Who's the girl in it? Alicia Vikander. Uh, Alicia Vikander. Well, then Julianne Moore's the villain, and Angie Trow from the Pandemonium movie, and she was oh, the, the right. she was Superman's nemesis. In I the, like uh, women villains more. I think. And and that was the whole thing too, is that the reveal in Seventh Son is that it's a it's about a bitter divorce, <laughs> like that the whole relationship yeah. between Julianne Moore it's set up and up in the title. Uh, well, sure, yeah, you could look at it that way, SC. right? Uh, yeah. So, so at any rate, I along those same lines, and this Seventh Son is certainly flawed. It's you know, it it's got its issues. But along How those position heavy is it compared to this? Because this um, that's what dragged me in this. Movie. Not very. I think I think less than than this. This you right. are right. I mean, this felt like it really did need to go back and repave terrain for people who didn't see the the Guillermo del Toro one. Uh, and but I, it had really cool fight, like the the giant fights. Great. I love the giant fight for it, yeah. Yeah, that kind of was winning me over to it. And then they started talking again afterwards. Like, oh, right, sure, just, sure. I hope I just want to see him fight shit. What what? Well, made... I like female uh, villains too, but it felt like that. It felt like uh, Mella was just doing a, a no. She a, sort of a a repave. She has no powers. Of, yeah. Well, she was Charlie's Theron is doing in yeah. Snow White and the Huntsman, which I actually liked. I mean, she's Mila Jovovich is a McGuff. I mean, she's barely in this. The, the movie really is about the relationship between uh, Ian McShane and, and David Harbour. Like Mila Jovovich is just a plot device, really. And they, they, she's in basically two scenes. Um, right. And it's nothing Thor like Ragnarok. Julianne Moore in Seventh Son. It's nothing like Kate Blanchett in, in Thor right. Ragnarok. She, like I said, she's a plot device. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And 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 the whole thing That's too, a, like yeah. like Kelly Wan, you're making fun of that. I love those crazy r-rated monsters you know fucking up london that was awesome but uh, then he doesn't fight them he doesn't fight them because they're him they're him it's well, him that's, that's the whole point is the struggle isn't necessarily against her but it's him. like the the finale in this movie isn't who can punch whom hardest the finale in this movie is a character making a decision and i appreciate that i like can that they do as, both though well that's kind of what the what's going on in the golden army as well i mean what i was tempted he to do them. when i was watching this was think about this as sort of a uh, are are you making a comment about racism or about immigration or is there some sort of political comment to be made here uh <laughs> about like well why are you fighting your own self uh why are you denying your own self uh, but the golden army does that too I, mean, I didn't. Is that's the second one, right? Because I realized I don't think I've seen yeah. that one. And is that Guillermo del Toro doing it as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's a big subplot about the fish guy and his romance with the. Oh, and I kind of missed him in this. I thought, okay, the fish guy was going to come along at some point, and, and he didn't. Selma I was a little Blair. disappointed, so that when the little bit at the end came up, I was like, oh, cool. So, is He's Sasha Lane supposed to be Selma Blair's character? I think they're both in it. Bruce Garrett well, needs to solve her. Some of Blair, Blair's character is is fire. Right. She's, she lights on fire and and like makes basically soulmates, right? nuclear reactions within a room, and she's constantly saying, "You better run right now." But she's, she's not. This, she's like the, Phoenix. But it's not but, like she's like Sasha Lane is her like young nascent form. That's not what we're supposed to infer from this movie because the I fish man wasn't so. in this movie either. So I, I wasn't no, sure I mean, what the relationships were in terms of the comic yeah, book characters. Yeah, it was a little unclear. Another no, but she fulfills that. I mean, you're you're right to ascertain that she fulfills that female slotted role in the team, um, but she's not. They they don't have the same powers. Right. Okay. Sasha, I mean, Sasha Lane's character, um, Alice, is it? Yeah. Um, you know, has, is supposedly has psychic powers, 
and then can punch spirits out of some characters, but not others, apparently. Um, and Selma Blair's character just lights on fire and burns everything up. Okay. She's and like, is there a counterpart to Daniel Day Kim's character in the, the original Hellboys? Like, does he wear like a jaguar? No. Because that was new to me as well. I was like, oh, he's a werewolf, big deal. And then when he became a cat, I was, like, very pleasantly surprised. I was like, oh, cool, you got me, movie. Nice surprise. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually liked that little bit of dialogue. With, uh, I like cats. Well, yeah. I'm really more of a dog person. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was yeah. funny. And Dingus, you don't have this, but I, Kelly Wan, like, I, there are certain people from Lost who I have a lot of goodwill for, and other people from Lost who just annoy the heck out of me, like Evangeline Lilly, uh, uh, Josh Holloway. <laughs> I find them very, very annoying. But Daniel DeCam, I have a lot of goodwill for that guy. And I guess maybe it was partly because his character on Lost never got too outrageous or grating or dragged on a plot line or anything. Um, but he's also a voice of one of my favorite characters, one of my favorite video game characters, uh, a guy named Johnny Gat in the Saints Row series. He's He's been that voice forever. So I just really liked seeing him. Uh, sure. and, and certainly Sasha Lane from American Honey. I was just delighted when I realized, oh, that's who that is. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know about you guys. I've liked David Harbour for a long time. And I love... He's like, and I love how the makeup doesn't hide his expression. Like, the, the makeup leaves plenty of room for his face, his facial expressions. And we're, I think we're past the days of just piling on heavy latex on, in front of actors' faces where you can't see what they're doing or you can't see them emoting or their, their smaller facial expressions. So I really appreciated that we got that from, from David Harbour. Boy, I, I hated the makeup and, and his hair in this. I mean, he looked. He basically looked like Mickey Rourke in The Wrestler to me. Yeah, I like that. He seemed like an R-rated. Well, I hated that. I mean, I really. Uh, I, I mean, having watched, I, I watched Hellboy and Hellboy Two this week, uh, and I really like the way Ron Perlman looks. I like the way that. Yeah. I like the way he's sculpted, and this character seems more like he's been dragged through the mud, which I guess maybe appeals more to Tom, but it it feels more like watching. The wrestler, and that's not really what I was into seeing, and I was not, and I, and plus I didn't think the writing was any good. So they give you that. I didn't like. It's just so talky. Um, well, th- th- we have a writer in her named Lucas who uh, who says that this movie confused, and I'm interested to hear what Tom has to say about this. Uh, he says it confuses gross for scary and quippy for funny. Um, and, uh, uh, what do you think about that? Well, I don't, I'm not sure it's ever trying to be scary because it's using horror trappings, but the angle is the the good guy is, is something from horror. Like we're supposed to, we're basically seeing the horror universe through his eyes and he's got one foot in it. I mean, it's a, it's a sort of a classic, it's like Superman is half human, half alien. This is a Superman who's half human, half horror movie. Uh, And and so yeah, he shaves his horns off like it's this you know he's trapped between the two worlds. So I don't think it's supposed to be a scary movie, even though it's bringing up you know monsters that stab people with their feet and crazy witches. And by the way, the Baba Yaga too. I love that bit. Yeah, Uh, it was bringing up like even though it it I don't think it's supposed to be scary because this is supposed to be a world that he knows. So we as the audience going along with him, we know this as well. So I don't think it's supposed to be scary. I definitely wouldn't necessarily disagree about uh, it being quippy. Um, it's certainly, I mean, that's, that's what it does most of the time for humor is just someone throws out a one-liner after a situation. A lot of it's lampshading. Um, but yeah, I don't Uh, disagree with that. 
I, I agree with Luke on that, especially because I there was a there was a time in this where another yet another quip was thrown out, and I'm like nobody in this theater is laughing, including me, and I'm an easy laugh. I'm really easy as far as laughing and crying is concerned. Um, it's worse than I, nothing. And it just felt like they were they were really just trying too hard to make something funny and when you try too hard to make something funny it usually means that it's not going to be funny uh that's i i think that's rather axiomatic does ron perlman not quip like because i've just assumed that was part of hellboy's persona i I think it is but i think ron perlman more amiable I think the writing is better in those movies, and and Ron Perlman is more relaxed. And I think that uh, in a certain in a certain sense, for this kind of character to be a, relaxed but understand the stakes at the same time, to be able to to carry that balance, makes those types of moments funny. So, like you know, like some kids get uh, or, or uh, some folks get their kids Legos in this. It wasn't funny, but it was a quip. Um, and it, it, this movie even asks it the question of itself. It asks the question, is this supposed to be humor? And when you ask that kind of question, and I'm already not laughing, I'm going to say no. When, when does it ask, is this supposed to be humor? Yeah. I, there, There's a moment, and I just wrote this in my notes, that that somebody says, is, this, is that supposed to be humor? Uh, oh, it's Daniel Day Kim, who's the the straight laced by the book cop oh, guy. Who, right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, when they're talking about each other's faces, because I I enjoyed those bits. Like, oh, come on, Diggis, you guys when, have. When to... he's asking about scars. Yeah. Okay. How about that's the other guy? Wasn't that funny? Like when Merlin's like, "Hey, have you come to take my soul at last?" Yeah. You guys didn't like that's the other guy. Not really. You didn't like him smushing his uh his iPhones. No, because. Okay. He's not saying it was, it was just writing. a gag. <laughs> right, I mean, it's a gag. Right, just like I just a, like that's the other guy's a quip. Yeah, it's a gag. Uh, I have a gentle the touch. Guy. I have a d- gentle touch. Darn it! I broke my iPhone. The other now guy I being the the other guy being the devil. Yeah, because he looks like the devil. Uh, and then the hunt, like that hunt was nuts. I mean, dudes with with laser with electric spears and the guy with the deer on his head and they're on horses. That was nuts. Like that was writing, and I thought that was hilarious. We didn't get to see him get massacred. I'm upset, and we didn't get to see him. Well, but we did get to see Kelly Wan. Is that big pile of giants eating the big pile of giant detritus? Those guys all got eaten gorily, bloodily by giants. I was, I'm with you, Kelly Wan. Like, if if you're R-rated, just make it crazy. Just, yeah. I I suspect they probably pulled Neil Marshall back a little bit. Yeah, because there's just there's like the giant fight. If the whole movie had been like that, it would have been in in way different. We did get a lot, though. I mean, come on, Baba Yaga, like, mer- serving massacred kids? Yeah, that's... but I wanted to see him fight something that's, like, can step over bridges. Like, that's an interesting fight. Well, that's what the giant fight was. And, by the way, that's one of the reasons I like the giant yeah. fight, because that's a situation where, in any movie, that's going to be over in ten seconds. Because the right, giant thing yeah. steps on the little guy, and they played with that very well in the fight against the three giants. With the weight of the yeah. sword, with him having to poke things yeah. and punch him in the yeah. eye. So we got that. Keep going. Keep but but we we didn't get that we didn't get that in the London stuff because again those things were in cahoots with him that was the whole point of that scene is this was his power bringing these things up from hell and until he made the decision no I'm not going to destroy humanity this is how he's going to destroy humanity Waste bring these our... things up so he's not going to fight them he can uh, do so both. 
He's got to he, fight them. He fights them by deciding psychic. not. He fights them with a decision, Kelly Wand. There you go. Maybe if he fights them, he'll make that decision. <laughs> so. Something that, and this is this is something that happens to you when you're watching movies and you're bored with them, Tom. Uh-huh. You're watching like the news coverage and whatnot. News crawls, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I, I I get kept wondering why do they keep calling it a plague when clearly monsters are attacking their country? Why don't they just call it monsters? Why why do we keep calling it a plague? Because she's plague the of monsters. Well, she's the plague witch too, because that's the whole idea too. Is that no, no? But why do they say yeah. that on the news? The news he, keeps going. Well, plague. there's a plague in the, right. the country. No, no, th- there are monsters in your country. Just say that. Actually, that's incorrect. Dingus. the plague is her going around with a pig guy behind her, and she's killing people with these this plague CG. Yeah. The monsters coming out later is when Hellboy is ascendant with Excalibur. Those are the monsters. The news footage is with just Mila Jovovich uh, plaguing people as she walks down the street. There's no monsters. The monsters are later. Tom, even her fighting Mila could have been. Uh, but again, I, w- I, I agree with that, but I think Mila Jovovich is just so immaterial to what's going on in, in the movie. Oh, damn. You're so far so low. I mean, I mean, she's seriously. She's in one scene where she's in pieces, and then she's in exposition at the end. Like that's I it. I know. That's and, what and, I'm saying. That's oh, not but, good. Fair enough. But I, I feel you want Hellboy to fight stuff. Neil Marshall gave you the at big crazy. Her. Why would he? Like he, he can't fight her. Come she's on, invulnerable. She's invulnerable. What's he gonna exactly. to fight her, Kelly Wan? Here's the thing: to fight her, the movie would have to do some silly thing where it abandons its rules and just has a crazy fight scene, like the end Dude. of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse <laughs> or any Hulk movie. What do we see recently where it was it was a great movie, but it was just goofy fights at the end? Or the end of Wonder Woman. Like I was glad they didn't do that. Captain Marvel. Well, I just didn't uh, understand why you put them in boxes and carry them off and don't just burn them. I mean, I guess uh, the movie can work around any of those things. It's just it, the screenwriter it, working around those things. But if, if It wasn't even clear how they got around those safeguards. Except for the – actually, I did like, Tom, the jawbone. I know. That was so R-rated and gory no, and, awesome. and kind of funny too, yeah. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. But then I assume they just did that with all the boxes. Well, the pig knew what he was doing. Like, he knew if the priest yeah, wasn't going to yeah. say it, he could just eat the priest's jaw. I like and, uh, that yeah. guy, too. And he has, a, like, his whole backstory. Yeah, like... yeah. Sure, okay. And, and his fate, too. Like, that's kind of grim. I, felt, I kind of felt bad for the poor guy. Like, he just wanted his just desserts. Well, uh, you knew he, he knew she was going to do that to him. I guess she so, yeah. He him the second. Uh, he's, he's already, like, slaving over at the beginning right right you know he's going to be a renfield or a toady right right Right. yeah yeah Yeah. it's buck rogers all over again dude princess sardala ew (laughs) luke luke s agrees with something that you made fun of in your synopsis kelly by saying that he wishes they that uh hellboy would have fought the anyone the demons at the end. That's one of the things he liked about it. I don't think he liked the movie overall. Tom thinks but... the Joseph Campbell trappings were more important. <laughs> Joseph he... Campbell trappings? Get out of here with that Star Wars nonsense. Gotcha. I mean, Union. <laughs> but he, he really loved the the fire-breathing one with the floating arms, and he, and he wishes yeah. that Hellboy would have fought those as a finale. 
You know, you guys are just so conditioned, and this is to Luke S. as well, to, to having your superhero movies end in punching. And I'd like to recommend R-rated. to you I'd like R-rated. to recommend to you another R-rated superhero movie that's smart enough to not do that. And also, people hated this movie, and it's called Constantine. Now, this is nowhere near as good as Constantine, but for the, oh, some of the no same way. But for some of the same reasons that I like Constantine, namely, it didn't end in who can punch whom hardest. It ended in a conversation and a decision. This movie did the same uh. thing. But his soup, his approach to problems is different from Hellboy's. Hellboy has a giant steel hand. Right, and so we get the giant fight. But did, actually, does Constantine ever does Constantine ever fight anything? Like he's not he has to outsmart stuff. I, he I has seem to, to recall. Stuff. Like yeah, he's like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. And, yeah. and John Watson. But I was watching this. I was so superior to this movie. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying structurally, structurally, oh, okay. it's the same thing. Because I was watching this movie, positive that by the time it ended. He was just going to be able to punch Mila Jovovich really hard and win, and then and then that, but in the movie would just do that. But it didn't, and and he didn't even fight the big monsters. It was just him deciding, nope, I I'm going to trust in what my dad says. Uh, Like that was the that was the climax of the movie. That was the turning point. Not a fight. Not someone punching. Not somebody developing magic blue rays all of a sudden. That's uh, not true. He drops her head into lava. It's not like like just talking her down. No, I'm talking about him. His conversation with his dad. She, again, you guys are you guys are conditioned to expect Mila Jovovich to be somebody who has to be punched to death. That's she, not. She gets her head cut off and dry. It's the same thing. Yeah. But the, saying the same thing. What do you mean? I'm saying the same thing. It's basically just. Learns. It's basically somebody punching somebody harder. He cuts her head off and throws it into lava. Because it's he the has Excalibur. Dingus. It's because the plot is because he has Excalibur, and if he takes Excalibur, it'll it'll end the world. This is all clearly set up. There's no pun- all of this is rules and decision based. I will get if you don't, if it doesn't work for you, he that's cuts fine. Cut her head off with Excalibur. Lava. How does he cut it off, Dingus? <laughs> Not he he wouldn't be able to cut it off if he didn't take the sword. It's a decision. And it's set up too, and she knows <laughs> no it. Punching. It's the same thing. But you don't understand that the climax of the movie isn't him doing that. The climax of the movie is him making the decision what to do after he takes Excalibur. Well, I understand what the climax of the movie is, but it's not. It's not like you blaming us for being conditioned to expect people to punch harder than others. No, I mean, I'm talking about. I'm talking about these things where you want, like Kelly Wan saying, "Oh, I want, he's got a big fist. I want to see him get in another fight with Mila Jovovich." I'm saying it's not that kind of movie. That's not. She's not that kind of villain. Hey, there's a sword. And and all of that is set up, by the way. Like he's the. And this is this is crazy too. He's King Arthur's. He's like the heir to. to he's the king of England. Like how nuts is that? That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Why can't you be happy for him? <laughs> <laughs> but it's but seriously like any, we don't get to see any funny things about that though like it's, it's just a line but we don't i think it's another gag it's a, well it's another gag and then it pans well, up it and you be see a visual gag and then you see it is and then you see that he's ruined england yeah that's true. like she says oh so you're the king yeah. of england and then the gag is the, the the camera comes up and this is what he's done he's basically brexit does the movie know that though <laughs> um i think so I, it is notable that the guy who wrote it only had like a, a couple of credits and from a TV show as well. Like he, sound, he writes like a new like the exposition's just dumb. Yeah. Dumb. God damn it! You can you can feather that shit in gracefully, or at least I don't know. He wrote two though. guns. I mean, he's his name's Andrew Crosby. Two guns has less exposition than this. That's for goddamn sure. 
You heard me. Wasn't Let's there something guns. besides two guns? Maybe not. It was it was a TV show I'd never heard of and two guns and I thought one other thing, but that, that uh, at any rate. I didn't know the other stuff. I just I just remember us doing two guns as a podcast. It was definitely one of the reasons that I had super low expectations for this is I'd never heard of him and nothing that I'd, he'd written really did much for me. Uh, and I think Neil Marshall, like seriously, like after Doomsday, I gave up on Neil Marshall. Like what? Like that movie <laughs> that was, was just. That was your straw. Well, I, I mean, Descent, I think, is accidentally great. Dingus actually watched Centurion this week. I can't imagine why. But oh, I, I just – I don't think Neil Marshall I, – I don't even like Dog Soldiers. Like, I think Dog Soldiers is overrated. But I, I love Descent, and I don't think it's necessary. I, I think a lot of Descent is in the actresses and the script and this inadvertent way that he stumbled across, like, a, a woman's empowerment angle on a horror movie, a monster movie. Right. Uh, I, I, I like love Centurion. that – I really, really like. I, I mean, I watched Descending. I think, I think Descent might have watched at Sundance at a right. No, we all saw I, it at a midnight showing. I don't yeah, at a midnight showing. Um, and watching it again, it it has all this birth imagery in it that's really cool, uh, and uh, and this sort of. I don't know that Kelly would uh, enjoy this, but uh, I think he might at the end. Um, the this like a mother's redemption but not quite <laughs> but i love the birth imagery that goes all through uh the descent but centurion and doomsday I like the original oh my god more, uh, Ugh. centurion come on olga ready so that also i think is part of why i like this just because of how awful things like centurion and doomsday were like i i really had i was so dreading going to this that's how that always helps you it helps a lot i know i I wish i could get there and i'll say this tom i'm actually jealous of you that i didn't get your experience in this while i was with People who like episode eight, I'm like, I'm not jealous of you. <laughs> well, the thing is, Kelly Wan, I liked see it. the world differently. <laughs> I, I liked it for the same reasons that I think you would appreciate, want to appreciate a movie, and that's its willingness to be R-rated, to not yeah. have a bunch of redemption nonsense, uh, to, to, you know, to, to just be dark and gory as well as trying to be funny. It has good parts. Well, what's yeah. so great about the R-ratedness of this? It's just oh my gosh, wanting to it's, chop it's, people's it, heads. It, it, well, that's I mean, R-rated, Dingus. Yeah, that's, that's R-rated that's and Bill, blood Bill and Marshall pulling. Just likes to to show gore. I mean, yay! And how is that not R-rated? I mean, that's totally R-rated. No, no, it, it is R-rated, awesome? but how is that value added? I mean, because it's it's dark and it's funny. Gore, I find hilarious. Yeah, you never get to. It's also hard to come by now, Dingus. So we it have really, to really is pine for it. It really is. It's so it's such a lost art in a way. It's like um, a type of lady that you never see. You know, <laughs> Oh, so this is scratching okay. your fang- your Fangoria magazine edge. Sure. Yeah. And the thing is, the gore here really is, like, it's not trying to, it's not, I mean, even the Baba Yaga serving butchered children, like, it, it's yeah. not dire, it's completely light-hearted, like, it, it's, it's not dark, <laughs> like, te- Toby Hooper, Texas mess- Chainsaw Massacre gore. Like it's not trying to be gore that drags. It's trying to it's trying to be amusing and titillating and funny and goofy. It's trying to be Grimm's fairy tale. Kind of exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I can see that why you I just would want choose chit chat. You would choose Hansel and Gretel as your you you chose that as your under, right? Well, the same uh, with yeah, yeah. Is the, this sort of like fantasy, dark fantasy epics. Yeah, yeah. 
and and that is yeah like because I think this is how Grimm's fairy tales used to be uh, is they they were the equivalent of movie gore uh, yeah and and you know we don't get that it has been cleaned out of a lot of movies and rightly it's so been cleaned out of fairy tales too and, and I'm well, okay with that by the way I'm fine with that you are? sure oh, damn. I, I think this this sort of amusement shouldn't be aimed at children. I think it's, it you was need before, to be very careful about and they loved it. It, it no, was before. Yeah, yeah. Fairy tales were designed for children to scare them into bed. I mean, and that's yeah, that's awesome. That's been done recently too. I mean, with certain cultures oh. saying, if you know, if you don't go to bed, then this is going to happen to you. I mean, this is not an this is not a new idea. The, these were d- designed for children to get them to go to bed. And I remember as a child finding them really memorable for these reasons. So sanitizing them, you kind of lose you, – the child loses that experience of it being memorable. I think <laughs> that's not yeah. – Kelly Wan, you can have a – gore isn't the only way to make something memorable, goofball. A fairy tale <laughs> helps a lot. Well, what, well you can be dark. Fairy tales always stood out. A fairy tale so, can be dark without being gory, I just want to say. Go ahead, Dingus. Sorry. So oh, you, yes. you really like the movie The Witch, right? Me or Kelly? You, Tom. Oh, I adore it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that has a, a really gory kind of feel to it as far as babies are concerned or children uh, That's that you say is different tonally than what this movie is going for. And you say there's room for both, right? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't equate them at all. Like the the witch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the witch is a horror movie. This is I would say is more of a comedy. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Although All I right. laughed a lot during The Witch. <laughs> Kelly Wand. No, inappropriate Kelly Wand. No, but, but when you were talking about the soup and and just the vision of the the babies or the children hanging in right. the background in the abattoir or whatever that is back there right. of the Babiega. That's great. Uh, it made me think of the witch when you were talking about that. Yeah, because I never see that, that in movies the, anymore. It's that's great. a fair point, though. I mean, Dingus is bringing up a good point. Like, if you're going to have a movie where a child is butchered, your your tone is it's all in the tone. Like, if you're doing playful folklore, because Baba Yaga is a is a I think she's Russian is is a, a real yeah. is a Russian hag the and that whole that whole hut on the bo- yeah exactly from Mussorgsky's pictures in an exhibition that whole hut on the chicken legs like that's a yeah. that's a famous folklore uh, right. image and I was delighted to see that and it involves you know witches luring children uh, into uh, it's folklore it's fable it's myth. The the witch, it's a real family who you know and who you you come to like and you care for and you sympathize with. And so when their baby is – you see their baby being massacred early in the movie, it should make you feel a very different way than mm-hmm. when you see you know little kid parts dangling in a room in a mythic witch's magical hut. Um, Which but has yeah, been Dingus, for hundreds of years. And it's all – but Dingus, you're absolutely right. It's all about tone. Um, and yeah, and I don't equate them at all. Uh, as far like they're just very different things. Even though superficially they're the exact same thing, butchered children. And in reality, that's a terrible thing. If it's about realistic characters who you care about and sympathize with, it's a terrible thing. But if but it's if a goofy, yeah, if it's a goofy fantasy, uh, and it's just sort of wanting to titillate me or to imply something about folklore, I'm all for it. Yeah, it's supposed to just make you go, oh, Baba Yaga, ugh. Well, and Which even too. Well, I only it, think of John Wick when I think of Bobby. It's but it, but that's Bobby Yeager. Oh yeah, 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 right, right. <laughs> the boogie I was man. like, when is yeah? I was like, when is she in John Wick? Right. Um, but even too, Dingus, the whole uh, 
monsters stomping through London. Like, that is what's going on. When I used to watch Godzilla movies, like, that uh, was what was going on in my imagination. The Godzilla yeah. movies don't show it, partly because they don't have that tone, partly because they didn't have the technology to do that sort of thing, and partly because they're so ambivalent about whether or not Godzilla is a good guy. But that's the subtext for me when I was a little kid freaked out by giant monsters rampaging through the city in my imagination. Yeah, people were getting smushed and torn apart and ripped up and eaten. By the hundreds. Though. Yeah, exactly, by the thousands. So... When Waiting Neil, for Hellboy to make that decision. Yeah, and so when Neil Marshall makes this an explicit part of that, that just sort of crazy, hey, what would it, how freaky would it be if a monster rampaged through the city? When Neil Marshall surfaces that and makes it part of the imagery, I'm like, yeah, that's what I imagined. Thank you, Neil Marshall. That's what was freaking me out as a kid. You're showing me right now. Bravo. But I, <laughs> but I have to agree with yeah. with Lucas in that I think they blew their wad early on with the with the giant fight, and it should have been it should have been a a, a, a Godzilla fight in the city. There should have been a, a huge thing that went on. Instead, they just went away. I, because I, you can do I have to explain and, the movie again, Dingus? No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me once again that I don't understand that everything is. Uh, reduced to uh, who punches better. Well, that's the thing is who punches better. The giant fight is for that. That's what he get, Neil Marshall gives you that. Here's it's a crazy. Yeah, here's five minutes. Of crazy one shot CG take. Uh, now back to the exposition. And then, and then later on, by the way, those monsters rampaging through London are not for Hellboy to fight. They're f- to show us like innocent people getting massacred, and that's super R-rated too. Like normally, you see a, a, sure. a, a movie where the city's getting trashed, and the director they don't want to show you the the civilian casualties. Right, right. But this is all about the civilian casualties. This is what the consequence of Hellboy's decision will be if he does the wrong thing. Is it this will go on 24/7 in perpetuity for the rest? of eternity and it's uh, already happened exactly he's, he's supposed to bring about the apocalypse exactly that's, right that's his and, purpose and that's the movie's rule Ooh. and i can't imagine yeah exactly and and this and this is what it'll look like he's not going to go out there and punch him away because it's not that kind of fight he's just got to decide nope i'm going to be true to, to what my father believed um uh, i know that's that happening into a panga uh, <laughs> a little too much redemption for you i'm sure kelly wand well yeah and predictable and you know Facile. But come on, it's Ian McShane telling him to man up. Oh, I love you, son. <laughs> All right, wait, hang on. Now I don't want to marry. Uh, make a decision and stay there. So, Dingus, did we, Plus, is, is Luke S. the only one that we made see this movie? Yeah, I think so, yeah. All right. Well, uh, well people so, definitely... Uh, let me just say mm-hmm. a couple other things that he, he says. Mm-hmm. Um, uh... <laughs> He yeah. seems it, it feels like to him that Thomas Hayden Church was dropped in from a completely different movie. He did kind of airlift in, yeah. <laughs> he paratrooped into the scene. I'm assuming he's from the comic. By the way, wasn't it also Lenny Reifenstahl with a movie camera? Like I yeah, thought that was funny. That was a joke. That was funny, right? Okay. No. Good writing. Dingus. I think I think a Lenny Reifenstahl joke. I'm always happy to have if you're gonna if you're gonna make light of Nazis in your movie. Yeah, throw in Lenny Reifenstahl with a camera. That's good stuff. All right, what else? Stingus? I like that it had swastikas <laughs> in it too, because Overlord was skimpy. Actually, in Germany, like I wonder if they had to like CG those out or change that. That'd be dumb, but possible. So, so Kelly, do you know the Hellboy stories at all? 
Yeah, Kelly, tell us about the source material. Because because uh, uh, the thing that Luke Luke S says and that I can't speak to is that it he says it mashes several Hellboy stories together. Yeah, and I got that sense while I was watching. And it. does disservice to all of them is his point. Yeah, like at fucking Dark Phoenix X Men Three is supposed to be like well every superhero movie really they just condense and compress and. But they got to do fan service as much as possible. And uh, Can I say sure. something, Kelly, and I'd be curious if you agree with this. No superhero movie ever benefits – like it never benefits you going into a superhero movie to know the source material. It should. Wow. Ever. It will only, it will only upset you if you care. <laughs> I mean, I, mean that... I get upset if the hair color is different. Like, right. Wait, what? That's what why, that's why we, I, I loved Constantine so much. Uh, and everybody else was just like, but he's not blind. I think I agree with that statement. The more I think about it, see if you if you know the source material, it's just going to bother you. Just it's, you're better off not knowing it. It never helps. But I think there's a whole sect of people who read the comic and will be excited by the like, oh, it's that character. And it's like if they're really hardcore fans, like Bruce Girk. And they're like the base. No one cares. I mean, they're they're going to go to the yeah. movie no matter what. Yeah, yeah. And then fifteen percent. And finally, Lucas agrees with you, Tom, in that basically that the villain just lacks most motivation. And does she does she want an apocalypse? Does she want to marry Hellboy? She seems to get screwed over. Uh, is she creating a world for monsters or just burning the planet to see it burn? Her powers are unclear. And I, I think that his his point is more along the lines of what you're saying is that she doesn't really matter. It's that what he's thinking. Is and, fixed Merlin? and I oh, think Merlin too, all you need to know about the villain is the casting choice that tells you everything you need to know. Uh, <laughs> ouch. That's painful. I mean, come on. I like her as much as the next guy, but she's no, uh, nobody cast her for her presence or her acting ability. Uh, did you recognize Merlin's voice? No. Who is that? I, it's Brian Gleason. I mean, I knew it was a Gleason. I just didn't know which one. Oh, I didn't know he's related. Oh, so he's related to them. Yeah. Oh. Because I, I, I was like, that must be someone famous under the dirt and the hair. But, uh, okay, so it was a Gleason. Okay. Yeah. Good. Well, how old is Ian McShane's character supposed to be if he's like... Brian Gleason was, the, was one of the dwarves that I really loved in Snow White. Um and uh, 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 oh, the Huntsman one, yeah, yeah, Huntsman, yeah, yeah. He he's the one I really really like. Ah, okay, okay. Because uh, yeah, those yeah. were all solid English actors. That was the cool thing about those dwarves, yeah. But he sounds just like his dad in this. Uh, he sounds like Brendan. I mean, I I was just I was thinking, is that Brendan? That can't be Brendan Gleeson. He's not big enough. I still feel like that. you guys are gaslighting me on that Snow White the Huntsman. But all right, it's only been seven years. We'll see what happens. How would we be? How, how would we gaslighting you? Yeah. I think some. Haha, ha, we hated it. We right. thought it was terrible. We tricked you. <laughs> we made you think that we liked it. Sucker. Damn it. Haha, <laughs> you, ha, you it. made me. You actually believed that I believed Kristen Stewart was our Brando base. Stop it. Oh, damn it. That one's on Dingus, by the way. I'm not with him on that one. You're not? No, I, th I think our Brando Didn't you is. Is American Ultra? She thinks, he thinks uh, she's our De Niro. She, she's our Joe Pesci, Dingus. I'll go that far. Parts of her probably are. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. So, uh, Hellboy. It's you know what I love it when we when we, Dingus you and I disagree and it's a matter of fighting for Kelly's soul. 
So Kelly, <laughs> yeah. which one of us won you over more? Uh, well, if you stick to the topic of gore, Dingus just turns into the little pig guy at the. End of the <laughs> and then where do I fit? When you go, you don't need to see him fight things. He just needs to talk more. <laughs> So the, it's whoever talked to me last. The top gets his head thrown into lava, and I get turned into a baby of blood. No, I I want to be I want to be the luchador who dies early on, and the movie thinks you're going to be sad about it. And the and somehow the crowd isn't there anymore in the background. <laughs> I'll say when I got out of the movie and I saw that it was at fifteen percent, I felt bad for it. Like what? And then when I read the reviews, I was like, there's a lot of F-bombs in this. One. I mean, I, I think that's part of it, Kelly. One is that this. I think this was probably marketed as a. Is a superhero or a comic book movie? It's Starship Troopers. I, I, yeah, yeah, I no, think so. I think so. it's I think trying it. to be Deadpool. Right. Well, no, no, no. I mean, but I think they were trying to sell it, though. So Deadpool's obviously irreverent, but I think they were really wanting this to compete with kind of like serious uh, superhero movies. I don't mean serious. Like, really? like, well, Deadpool's clearly like just a satire, and it's, it breaks. It's all it's super meta. Everybody goes it's to Deadpool expecting him to to crack jokes nonstop. Uh, but I don't think they they sold this as that, and it's certainly not oh. that. But I, I think they're really trying to compete with Captain Marvels, and the they're not compete necessarily as get a piece of that pie. And I don't think the people who eat the Captain Marvel and uh, Avengers pie want this pie. No, I, I I haven't seen any of the marketing for it, but I think it's clearly based on his quipping and whatnot, a a Deadpool kind of a thing. Well, that, and now and, they go, oh, R-rated superheroes, big mistake. Yeah, see, see, Kelly Wan, see, right. I know. But but I think that also accounts for because fifteen percent of Rotten Tomatoes is like that's like that's yikes. brutal. Yeah, I feel like we're the pendulum is swinging towards to. Too far to the oh that's that's gross oh B F minus side of the thing. like people are getting too timid I think I think, well, we're I, starting to, I think people are turning on gore in a way I don't like in in our culture <laughs> well I I think that the people who vote are mainly or who bother to vote are going to be adults um, and who they're steering toward probably is a younger audience who doesn't vote. Even in elections, and they're yeah. not going to bother to fill out their cards. They don't care. Uh, why don't they, they like gore? Oh, you <laughs> mean do... cinema score? Oh, oh, the cinema. Yeah, yeah. They might very well have liked it, or uh, or or really thought it was cool, but they're not going to put in their opinion on Rotten Tomatoes. They're not going to add an audience score, and they're not going to yeah. do cinema score. Uh, only right. old people are going to do that. Mm. And I think uh, you're. I th- I think it's. I think they they know enough to pressure like everybody coming out of there. Yeah. Okay. Give me your What'd ticket. You like, what you think? What'd you yeah. Think? And and I also think just part of the way that Cinema Score is successful is it's just so resistance free to just rip that one little letter. Oh uh, uh, yeah. And and I'm I, I'm pretty sure that they are careful about trying to to get a good cross section of demographics. They they certainly measure things like the percentage of people that are female and they post that data. Um, so I mean you might I, the kind of people who go to this. Like how Kelly Wan, let me ask you this: Would wouldn't this movie have been more successful if the gore was cut out and it was just a, a PG thirteen movie? Wouldn't it have made more money? I don't know that that's true. Okay. Because I don't know if there's a market for a Hellboy movie of any kind. Like. But would it have sec- made? Wouldn't it have gone from second Hellboy movie uh-huh. to make enough to make a third? Hellboy. It would have. It would have made one more ticket for me. 
<laughs> Dingus's son would have gone. But seriously, I would have taken I, my son to see it. Yeah, but I do think uh, that that instead of I think instead of making twelve million, if it had been a PG thirteen movie, it would have made eighteen million. See, that's not good though. I mean, it might be enough in this case. Like, I, it's, yeah. you know what I think? The, but I'm telling you, the issue is that it's boring. To like, I think the gore is not the issue. And if you li- like, Deadpool one wasn't boring gore. Like, the, it was all kind of steady. There was always something going on when it wasn't gory. It was kind of quick and jaunty. Right, right. And this movie's not. It plods. This movie plods when it's there's no fighting going on. Right. And that'll take you out of it. And if it, it's like this crazy hardcore Henry experience. It'll at least become a sleeper or a cult. Like you'll get something, as opposed to oh, Hellboy is just like. <laughs> and then it gets it, it gets weirdly um, it's weirdly in a hurry at the end. Like the, it seems like there's like twenty minutes cut out of it, and they're just like hurrying down a goat path. Uh, that I didn't quite understand why they were in a hurry all of a sudden. Uh, the movie just felt like it, it felt awkward. But he has to find, decide the sword like in three seconds. All right, know. so I'd be but, curious. But there's a difference between speed and hurry, and this is something that one of my acting teachers told taught me that that you can you can talk with speed as if you were talking uh, in a David Mamet script or Star Wars, uh, or you can feel like you have to hurry to get through what you have to get through because you're nervous, and this movie felt like it was nervous and hurried uh, instead of being speedy. But I like when they talk fast in Star Wars at the, f- the first one, like for real. Like I think that helps the movie. You're like, whoa, 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 what's going on? Oh, okay, cool. Uh, would you guys guess? So on Rotten Tomatoes, fifteen percent of uh, you know professional critics, people who get paid to write about movies, fifteen percent of them were positive, eighty-five percent negative. The kinds of people who go to Rotten Tomatoes after seeing a movie and decide to click on something and rate it, what would you guess Hellboy was at? Fifteen percent professional reviews. What do you think the audience score would be? Thirty-five. 60. Yeah, Kelly Wan's right. And I'm a little surprised, like especially because it is a C on cinema score. 60 it's 63% and I right. I would have assumed it would have been lower like you Dingus. It yeah. didn't get review bombed. <laughs> I I think also it's it's sort of no. safely non-controversial. Like there's nothing Yeah, you know, no one If cares. it had been Hell Girl, it would have been. Right, right, exactly. Also, if, uh, at that point you've already paid for the ticket and watched the movie and you don't want to feel dumb about yourself like you just wasted two hours like you know and, what and that's why that's why I'm every smart. and that's why every cinema score should be an a like if, if you don't get your a in cinema score you've you've screwed up somehow yeah yeah but they brought like their date like their girlfriend or something <laughs> she was like oh god She's i'm like, giving this, this a, a d yeah. <laughs> so they canceled each other out so kind of like, right. well audience reviews have have I think canted in a different direction than they used to, um, especially you know in the in the Yelp universe. It used to be that uh, the, it used to be axiomatic that axiomatic axiomatic that um, uh, anyone who has a negative experience is going to say something, and then one person who has a good experience is not going to. There was this huge weighted toward negative experience. But now people want attention, and they want to build their own profile and talk about their own opinions. And they go on and they talk about them if they're good or they're bad. So, But I still think it's a little bit weighted to the negative, so it does surprise me that yeah. it's 50%. People complain more than they go, that was good, if it was only okay. Am I correct that Mila Jovovich's name was Vivian Nimway? Who, I don't remember the Vivian coming up in the dialogue. All right, I thought they said her name was Vivian Nimway. Who? And like, I, how did, 
Wasn't that Vila, Mila Jovovich's character's name, right? No, no, I'm saying who says it. Uh, I don't know. Somebody's like, and then the evil Vila, Vivian Nimway. McShane says it? Maybe. I don't remember that. Did you like the All representation? Right. I just remember her being Nimway or the Blood Queen. Because Vivian Nimway has got to be an anagram for something. Which one trapped Merlin? Which of the two ladies sorceresses in Arthur? Was it Morgan Le Fay? Because I'm was, yeah, was, caliber yeah. movies confused me. I think it was Morgan Le Fay. I think but there is a Nimue. Is there? The real, yeah, in real Arthur. I remember her name. And I thought oh. she was Oh, maybe that's what they were saying. Okay, because I heard Vivian Nimway. Uh, right. N-I-M-U-E is the Arthurian. And I recognize this. Like, oh, it's her. So he's going to lose. Nope, he doesn't. Kelly Wand, would you rather watch this again or Transformers last night? I'd rather watch an edited version of this than a lot of movies that are <laughs> even better than Transformers. Wasn't the question, so I'll infer an answer is this. Dingus? What about Dingus? Yeah. Would you rather watch this again or Transformers: The Last Night? <laughs> the Last Night. Wow! Look at look at Dingus, Kelly Wand. He hates it. He does. He'd I rather watch. He'd about rather about watch Last movie. Night. Ew. I really disliked this. Ask movie. Dingus his yeah. favorite part of Last Night. Yeah. Well, name favorite. three things that you liked about The Last Night, Dingus. Go. Uh, I liked uh, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg and that huge sword. Okay, that's two. And, <laughs> no, um, that can't be two. That's one. Okay, two more. <laughs> uh, I loved the way that Bumblebee talked during it. Wrong. And um, I like Stanley Tucci saying, oh, my God. So wrong. Yep, see, Dingus, I'm going to make you watch uh, Hellboy again instead. <laughs> I remember <laughs> liking in, in last night, isn't there a scene where Josh Duhamel's like the soldier guy? Oh, my God, is he even in that? He can't be in that. That's you're making that up. Oh my god! I remember this shot in the movie is like he's doing like a he's like crouched down and like there's just something happening in the ocean like there's a big fight in the oceans and like there's a reaction shot of him and he's gesturing urgently like to soldiers like get in get over there now and it, with a really intense oh you might be right about that and I thought yeah that's an order that he's giving so <laughs> like, they a make... giant monstrosity that's a hundred feet high is doing something. So yeah, get over there. A dumb, cheap beer joke in The Last Night, Tom? Of course, it probably. I mean, I wouldn't then, remember. But yeah, because uh, American beer is terrible and British beer is great. That's that's the joke, right? All right. Well, there, there is that in this in this movie. If they, ever, if they ever get to a population center and then Hellboy goes, it's Miller time. Oh, uh, right. I don't know. That's a, that thing is, that's a Big Trouble in Little China reference. Ah, Dingus, can I ask you a serious question? <laughs> Absolutely not. Well, then would you ever consider just jumping right in the sack? Wait, Kelly, one, you got to cut me off before I end up saying the whole line. Well, would you ever just consider? Just, like I'm, da I'm downwind of both of you. Sure, but never with someone in your condition. Well, let's talk what about my condition. What's wrong with it? You should try standing downwind from where I am. It's Miller time. <laughs> All right, I'm going to well, flip you know, a coin. I say when it's Miller time. <laughs> Very good, Kelly Wan. You got the last line. Okay, I'm going to flip a coin. On heads next week, we are going to see uh, Under the Silver Lake. On tails, my number two. we are going to see Dragged Across, across Concrete. Uh, neither of these movies is for Dingus, I understand. Uh, I've seen one of them. <laughs> yeah, Dingus will be punished. Here we go. So heads, Under the Silver Lake, tails, Dragged Across Concrete. Here you go. It's flipping. All right. Ready? 
tails. All right, so uh, if you see dragged across concrete, send your comments to 3x3 at quarter to three dot com by, uh, let's see, April 21st at midnight. We'll include your comments on the air. Uh, who's 3x3, three three, is it? Million. Kelly Wand, tell the listeners it's what's his, the three. It had like 15 versions of this in the in the movie we saw this week. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. Kelly, I wanted to remind me and the listeners. What's the three by three we're supposed to be thinking about? Soup. Three best tongues. Oh right, <laughs> right. Thing in your mouth. And I was very tongue. aware of that watching the movie. Right, of course. I was like, oh yeah, I need Although to know. Although you can use tongs on a tongue. <laughs> That's it. And Kelly, I wonder what if people are like, oh, I loved that scene in Hellboy with Baba Yaga's tongue. Where should they send those kinds of comments? See, you just said tongue. That's even. That's, it's just after my long. Uh, my one. Um, if you have the tongues in movies you want to discuss or hear us hear us describe your opinions on, <laughs> send those set opinions to three x three at quarter to three dot com, and I will read them in this with this level of energy <laughs> and on, get the quote, the air. Get those quote. to us by um, May fifth. 2019 and we'll include really? those wait right right yeah May Probably, 5th. yeah, yeah. Uh, join us for that I'm Tom <laughs> Chick I've been here with Christian Murkowski it's Christian Murkowski and Kelly Wand Lobster Johnson Let's see. <laughs> you want to see the hand okay you look like an angel walk like an angel talk like an angel but I got wise You're the devil in the sky Oh yes you are Devil in the sky The Lobster Johnson character The important figure in my childhood You just keep doing what you do I'm not judging I prefer that we be more capable and prepared Than lucky Observation, reflection, faith and determination In this way we may navigate the path As it unfolds before us all right, and we have, what, eight more recharge cycles to go before we get to Aurigai 6? Is that a question, yes, sir? Yes, Walter, that's a question. That is correct. Dingus, that Baba Yaga house reminded me of you when you weren't run really fast. And run if my face could talk, it would disagree with you. What? Dingus, the soup's good. Dingus, that's why they used to have kids, was to make soup in the Dark Ages. For the record, this wasn't my idea. Yeah, it was. Well, it looked yeah. bigger in the cartoon. Oh. Oh, how many more you got? <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't have one for that? Ah, you've just been Hellboy. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. <laughs>